What is up, fam? My name is John Gill, and welcome to another episode of Chili's in the Bowl. Today's guest is my buddy, Zach Perez from Astral Media. I was really happy that I got to catch up with him and just to see where he's at now. Uh, I'm really excited to share his backstory, where he came from. We talk about his family. We talk about his transition from being a, a drummer and a musician and from in a band and going into the film and photography world and just being one of the top guys out there so without further ado let's get into his episode sweet that's good <laughs> hell yeah brother awesome hey man well again you know i said it earlier i thank you for coming to the citb studio to my humble abode uh we're talking to zach perez from astral media i got that right correct yeah, yeah all right good. cool cool <laughs> how are you doing man pretty good man thanks for inviting me on to the show man i'm excited yeah man and yeah. dude uh i've had both Dan uh, Ramirez and Dan Dominguez on the last two previous episodes. Right. And on both episodes, they mentioned you and the work that you've been doing. Right. And so I figured it was only appropriate for me to have you on as my next guest. Yeah, man. Yeah. Tie, tie it all together, right? No, it just, just it sense. comes full circle, my dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but what, uh, you know, how are things? What have you been up to? Like, how's life, man? Um, it's, it's been good, man. Uh, I've been staying just really busy, man. Um, right now I'm kind of trying to like branch out and kind of just hit that next level of like video production and like, you know, kind of work with, uh, you know, bigger budget artists and things like that. Um, you know, I started out pretty much just working with a lot of my friends, bands and things like that. Yeah. And now it's to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm getting, managers and labels and stuff hitting me up so it's just i'm in that kind of transition period right now for sure um, and, and how's so. that like too especially with you know everything that's been going on you know there's not much that we're able to do yeah. as far as going out and and right. going to location so you know when you have people hitting you up like how like what's that process like yeah so i mean nowadays a lot of things are done just digitally i mean there's a lot of zoom calls that happen and, and things like that um nowadays a lot of labels will want you to just send like a full treatment so you'll basically just like break down the whole music video production um before it happens and then uh you know so pretty much you, you kind of plan the whole process out before you guys even meet up man that's crazy which is the digital world that yeah. we're in right now. <laughs> yeah. no but what i find crazy man um and you know obviously we're gonna get into it is you know i've known you for a quite a you know a long time mm -hmm. uh i would say close to about 10 years just because you know you were in a band called covenants right uh and then obviously my group with sedition is like we were all caught you know we were all in the same scene so yeah to see you transition from a musician to you know like dan said dan dominguez being one of the top media uh companies you know working with with managers and labels like i trip out dude because you know, it's it's crazy to see where things have gone, right? Individually, with with professional personal lives, mm -hmm. and with you, you know, I've kept tabs with Astral Media, and like I so um, remember hitting you up for our seditionist comeback show that we did about five years ago at Shane, yeah. yeah you know, asking fun. you, hey, can you do a video? And I feel like at that time it was kind of like the beginning for you, right? Yeah, for video stuff, I was really just kind of getting my, my feet wet. And um, I'm actually really glad that you guys hit me up to do that because you guys, regardless of like whether we were friends or not, mm -hmm. like you guys were always like one of my favorite bands. So like it was really cool that you guys asked me to do it oh, because thanks, it really like I, I really wanted to do a good job on that because I respected you guys so much. And that allowed me to really like push myself. Um, and that was like, one. Of, yeah, you're right. It was one of my starting off projects that i was like pretty stoked on and what's crazy because seeing seeing where you're, what you're doing now mm. uh and even the production level dude i mean that the yeah. the video that you did for us was dope mm. and i remember when we posted it there was so many 
people just commenting on it and just hyping up the video because it was really great quality. But, you know, fast forward five years plus, mm -hmm. dude, you're on a whole other level, which is pretty crazy. So um, talk to me on what really triggered you or motivated you to kind of make that transition from like performing to video editing, you know, media content. Right. Okay. So to tell the kind of the whole story, I think we, we would have to like also get into uh, kind of the full spectrum of what I did when I stopped playing music as much. But and that brings back Dan into the story. Yeah. Dan Dem uh, Dominguez from uh, Grizzly Productions. So me and Dan met up at a house show and uh, he just kind of wanted like like we had kind of like seen what each other were doing because we were all doing house shows at the time. And um, we met up and, and, and Dan just kind of recognized me, said, what's up? And, and he wanted to meet up and just kind of like talk business. So we met up, uh, I believe it was like two days after the house show we met at. And, um, you know, and, and he kind of just proposed the idea to kind of join forces and like, and kind of try to, you know, help revamp the, at the time was kind of a dying, like hardcore and metal yeah. scene. Uh, which was like in like, I believe it was like 2012, 2013 around that time. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it seemed like a perfect opportunity. I myself was, I wasn't necessarily tired of playing music, but I felt that the scene was dying. So I didn't have that same passion because I just didn't see the future of it at that moment. So it, I was very inspired to work with Dan and, and we did our thing. You know, we, we, uh, book shows for, I believe almost four years, like three and a half years, um, and then somewhere in that process, um, I befriended a lot of photographers cause you know, they would come to our shows and we would always let in photographers for free. That was like our thing because we just wanted that content, that content and not just for our shows, but just for the scene in general. Cause I always believed in like photography and, and, and documenting, uh, art and music and for things sure. like that. Absolutely. Um, and it kind of, since I befriended all these photographers, I became very comfortable just having cameras around me. I got to use some of them on some shows and, and, you know, and I just, I don't know. It was almost like an overnight thing where I was like, you know what? I really want a camera. Like I, I never really got into it. A lot of my friends were photographers. I've had a lot of friends in the past that have gotten into it. And I was like, you know what? This is like the one thing in art that I hadn't tried because I had done graphic design and uh, web design, like in high school, and and you know, I've done the whole spectrum. I've played music. I've I at that point had already interned at Sumerian Records and done all these things in the music industry and in in the art field. And I'm like, photography is the one thing that I never touch for some reason. So I just kind of like, you know, saved up some money, got a camera, and uh, it was literally just kind of like a love at first, uh, you know, session, photo <laughs> session, really. <laughs> Cause and, I, I felt, it felt so natural to me. And you know? do you remember the first camera that you bought? Yeah. I actually still have it. It's oh, you the, still have it? Nice. Mm -hmm, yeah. It's the Sony a 6,000, which, uh, for the price is still a great deal. Like it's still a pretty incredible camera for being like this tiny little, like $300 camera. Yeah. For, and is that something you're still using even for your sessions now? Um, I actually, I, I use it for, for some, like, like, uh, I like having it as a B camera if I'm mm. doing like playthrough videos for sure. Um, like I I've actually used it recently for drum playthrough stuff that I've done where they wanted to have a live take with a different angle and oh, for stuff cool. like this podcasting, I'm going to use it as well. Oh, absolutely. Just man. to have an extra shot. It's, it's nice, you know? And, and even, uh, for the podcast, I feel like for myself, the, the next transition would be to incorporate video content, mm -hmm. you know, cause audio, I feel like audio is great, but once you kind of start seeing visuals, yeah, it takes it to a whole other level. And especially if the visuals are like pro level, yeah. uh, you know, for, you know, with yourself, with that quality that you have and talking about you wanting to start a podcast, I feel like that already propels you, you know, 10 steps ahead of the game uh from everybody else because of the quality that you already produce so and with podcasting especially with the angles i feel like that's a really good uh, you know a good thing yeah uh, but definitely going back to like grizzly production days that you mm -hmm. guys you know throwing shows and having all the photographers i feel mm -hmm. like that was a pretty pivotal moment i would say for you but also for me as well because at that time the shows that you guys were producing were really great shows. Thank you. Uh, yeah. 
Appreciate that. You know, I was telling Dan, there was a lot of shows that we've played under your guys' production that are some of my favorite shows. Uh, right. And thankfully, uh, you can go on YouTube and you can see certain shows that you guys threw of us. And the you could tell by the, the quality and the type of content that you guys were uh, providing. It was the building blocks for what would Astro Media be. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, man, I just I I trip out on that. It's it's a, it's a cool for me. It's a story, a cool story to kind of witness in the moment because, like I said, you're still you're still doing it. You're still grinding. You're still working for all these people. Right. I'm, I definitely have a long way to go, but you know, I can definitely recognize at the same time that it's, it has been a journey so far. Definitely. No, for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. That that's uh, I'm. I'm, you know, with everybody that I've had so far, like, I've always felt, like, super proud of them. Yeah. You know, because everybody, you know, everybody that I've met and everybody that's in that's been on the podcast, uh, you know, we've met at a certain point in our lives. And even for myself, you've known me as just being a straight musician. Yeah. So doing this uh, is a different field for me. Right. But I, it's a similar story like with you when you were like you know what i've done i've done everything i've done the i've done the band i've mm -hmm. done the graphic designs mm -hmm. you know but this is a this is an avenue that i haven't taken yeah and i sometimes feel that the most it, it, it's almost kind of like what would, what would the word be like it's almost out of left field like you wouldn't right. expect to kind of have taken this avenue <laughs> right but I'm, I'm you know like you i'm sure you're glad you did Right. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, because I mean, th this is really something that I'm super passionate about, and um, I don't want to necessarily say that this is like my one thing that I'm gonna do. I'm I'm sure there's other things I'll get into in the future, as my life develops and, and stuff. But as of now, this is definitely something that I feel myself being passionate for for a long time, mainly because I'm able to involve music with it. For sure, Absolutely. because the film industry is its own thing. Um, you know, making movies and things like that, which I, I want to do eventually, but being able to make music videos is so rewarding for me personally, because at the end of the day, man, I'm a musician and, and, and I remember all the fun shows we played together and, yeah, and for sure. every time I make a music video and I work with artists, it brings me back to that because it's just, it's this thing that's like, it just makes my, my, uh, heartbeat, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, like, absolutely. It, it gets me hyped up. So the fact that I'm able to make a living basically doing my two favorite things which is you know film and music it's like the coolest thing in the world for me. yeah you're you're one of the lucky ones man because mm. you know unfortunately there there are people out there that wish to be able to do and get paid what from you know for their passion you know getting, yeah. to be able to do their passion and to get paid for it and i feel like that is something that you're doing and i'm sure you don't you know, you don't take it for granted. Like, you know that you had to work to get to that point, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and yeah. same on my end, you know, that's something that I'm striving for as well mm -hmm. is to be able to do my passion and for it to be a success, you know, and, and success, you could base it off of many different tiers. But yeah, for you, you're a success, right? That's uh, how I see it when I see your content and I see you grinding like yeah. in my eyes, like you have put yourself in a position where you're su uh, successful. Yeah, I think, and I think for anyone who's aspiring to do anything, like as long as you can get to a point where it's paying at least part of your bills, I mean, as, as far as I'm concerned, that's a success right oh, there. Absolutely, man. Because then all it does, all it takes is just more time. You just give it some more time and it'll build, you know. Um, I think the number one thing that I would say to people, anyone who's who's inspired to do something is, uh, you know, give it time. Don't Don't let it go right away. Don't. And don't expect something to happen overnight. You have to really have patience and 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 just work at it. And and over time, you'll get like the opportunities that you want. Absolutely. Uh, because patience will definitely pay off. Uh, because I and a lot of people I know who are successful in the industry or any type of successful, you could say, um, it took a long time of of networking and working hard and just like figuring out what it is that you want to do. Mm -hmm. Because like I said before, there I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do before I got a camera. I just knew that I wanted to do something creative. But 
it's all like so within that time it was like also networking and meeting people and then like you know befriending people and and like having those kind of like connections but they were also good friends of yours mm -hmm. so it was never like it, for me it never felt like this like weird business thing it was more of just like a natural progression of like oh you, sure. you do cool thing i do a cool thing we should work together yeah and it just sure. it, it's very like like i said it's very natural it's not like a, a weird forced like business transaction yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it was like you know? doors that you're kind of just walking through and every yeah. you know, with every door that you were coming in there was a new opportunity that led into another opportunity and pretty so much on and so yeah. forth. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's cool. Um with bringing it back to music, I do see sometimes that you still continue to play. I yeah. mean, is that something that you're still like, you know, I want to be in a band, I want to do or is it just more as like leisure like is it more of like a hobby for you now or? um it, it's a hobby for sure um but I, I definitely am gonna release some music i'm in a brand new project right now called undreamt okay um and it actually features victor who played guitar on covenants okay uh, cool and what kind of music is it for, for people that are listening so if they have yeah you know. yeah it's very like um it's very like shoegaze oh nice. like indie inspired like uh, the best example i could say is if you liked hyperview from title fight mm -hmm. it's right up that alley oh hell yeah very oh, that's a very great dreamy album too. very vibey surfy kind of stuff that's cool man yeah that's yeah. a great album yeah. so um it's not i could say this much like we're gonna release music for sure we're all really busy people so i definitely can't guarantee that it would be like this uh that we're gonna tour or anything like that mm. but I do want to just release music out there because I do miss it. For sure. Um, and it's just fun, man. Like you said, it's le it is at the end of the day, like it's when you once you start playing music, you at least for me, I never really like lost like the 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 push to want to make continue making music. No, for sure. You know, so just being able to even jamming out is a lot of fun, um, especially like after many years of not doing that. It's uh, it's just nice. It's just yeah. nice to be able to like release that emotion and energy. Well, you know what's crazy? I feel like when you kind of get hit with that bug of you know playing shows, or even when you do play your first show, I I used to tell people it's like your quote unquote normal life is done because all you want to do is mm -hmm. just play music. Yeah. Um, there was a moment too uh, back in the day where uh, I want to say it was like mid. 2011 going into 2012 i quit seditionist right i and remember that yeah yeah I, I i quit and i it was literally only for like five months um that i wasn't playing music but those five months were hell like right. i was going through withdrawals through depression um and then that's when I, I joined So This Is Suffering mm -hmm. and did that. And obviously, I made my way back into seditions. But like right. like how you said, it's like you never really, you know, you miss it. You never really stop. It's just like you like, never get over it. Yeah, right? you never get over yeah, it. You're kind of yeah. just like in this in this limbo mm -hmm. of like, well, fuck, all I know how to do is music. <laughs> yeah. So you're just yeah. like, shit, yeah. like, what am I going to do? And so, mm -hmm. of course, you go right back to the thing that you know how to do. And that's yeah playing the music and, and even when i'm not in a band like i have a kit set up in, in my house and i play at least like three times a week i'll just uh i i put in wireless earbuds and noise canceling uh i'll bump some music and i'll just play along to it and that's Dude, like kind of my therapy you and know? speaking of which i remember going to your house when you would throw backyard shows oh yeah um <laughs> do and it's funny because you would have some gnarly shows there mm -hmm. uh and yeah. I, I remember one time i went into your house I don't know why. <laughs> and against the wall, you just had like a stack of like drum snares. Yeah. And like a stack of like bass drums. <laughs> yeah. Like you, and, and I just remember your pops just always walking around. You know, I never really got a chance to like talk to your pops, but mm -hmm. you know, from seeing him, like I always got the vibe that like, yo, this dude is no matter what you do, always has your back. Like super yeah. supportive. Yeah. My dad is the most supportive dad by far. Uh, he's awesome. And, uh, he really instilled like the love of music into me because when I was like a little ass kid, he's like, you know, bumping Black Sabbath and stuff. So I got it from him 100 percent. Oh, yeah, that definitely was like a musician's household for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, so my my background is Cuban and Mexican and on my dad's side, the Cuban side, 
every single person is a musician and and on that side oh sick even well, my that, grandfather well, let's my get into that so t- you know I, you, we've never really had a conversation of, of your background mm-hmm. and you know of your family like t- tell me a little bit about them yeah so my uh my dad and my grandpa and my grandma came uh from cuba in the 50s like during the whole uh fidel castro thing that was happening oh, where they locked down the whole country and whatnot so they basically escaped uh, started in Florida, lived in Florida for about seven years, and then eventually uh, made their way to California, and they've been been there ever since. But um, my grandfather was actually uh, a music, like a pretty relatively famous musician in Cuba uh, over there, and he literally left that career uh, yeah, to, like to live in America. And what was his name? Uh, his name is Ibrahim Perez Sr. That's cool. And w- was he also a drummer? Like, No, he's just singer. Oh, just that, a singer. That's his talent is, oh, okay. is singing. But he does he did he does have rhythm though. Like he he could like kind of jam along if we were to like have like a jam session. Oh, that's or something. pretty sick. And then so transitioning over to your pops, like Yeah. He he kind of just picked it up. He just picked up drums just listening to music and stuff. Uh that's sick. Because he, he you know, he grew up like in the late 50s so he knew he was into like the who and the beatles and all that mm. kind of stuff and then he you know progressed over, over to, time to the metal to the metal side yeah yeah he's not like a big metal head per se but he does like a lot of the like 70s like hard rock jam rock kind of stuff like progressive in that yeah time. led zeppelin mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of yeah, stuff for sure and so with your dad uh did he grow up in florida as well or was he La Puente yeah. the whole time no so he Okay, so he actually went with my grandfather. My grandmother came later on. But uh, yeah, my dad and my grandfather came and they lived in Tampa for seven years before moving to La Puente. Oh, wow. And, Man, and that must have been a, ever you know, since then. I'm sure with anybody like that, that must have been like a complete culture shock. Different yeah, lifestyles. Definitely. Well, for my dad, he came when he was two. So he doesn't remember Cuba too mm. much because he was, you know, basically an infant still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for my grandfather, um, he pretty much just had to work, but he grew up really poor. You know, he, uh, I believe he once told me that he like stopped going to school when he was like eight just to work. (laughs) He literally just started working in Cuba and like factories and stuff. So it's, it's different over there, man. Man. And I'm sure too, that was a different time. Like you Mm -hmm. had to do what you had to do to, to survive and provide for your family. Granted, like eight years old. You know, really young, but mm-hmm. again, we weren't there. You know, we didn't know, but I'm sure at that time it must have been a struggle. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, and then like back then, you're in you're in uh, a very uh, crazy country, really, where a lot's going on yeah, politically and sure. stuff. So, you know, I mean, I've never, I've actually never been. I want to visit one day, but um, yeah, there that was at that time like a very crazy country to live in so i'm very appreciative that they were able to come over here and oh, you know, absolutely kind of build their life in that way but what's cool is that there it's like generational with your family like they were all musicians in their own yeah. right yeah uh you know bringing it all the way down to yourself where you were a really good drummer mm-hmm. you know seeing your you know covenants at that time perform i'm like oh damn like these these guys these guys shred you know, Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, the couple shows that we did play, like, <laughs> you know, seeing you guys perform, I'm just like, yo, this is a really good band. Like, I'm really yeah. into them. Thanks, man. And and it was always fun playing with you guys. Like, I feel like, like out of every band that we've shared the stage with, you guys were definitely like our brother band. Like every time oh, that we 100%. played shows together, it was always this cool chemistry. Yeah, you know? man. And and we always felt like, you know, <clears throat> the the shows that we would play. I feel like we always try to make it a point to just be cool with everybody, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, there's certain bands that would play and they'd act like their shit don't stink. And that yeah. could have been any band, like not yep. one particular band. Like, yep. you know, there's just, that's how it is. Um, yeah. That, because I think at the time there was like kind of this sentiment that you had to like, uh, portray yourself higher than other local bands mm-hmm. in order to like, kind of fake it till you make, make it, it kind of thing. Yeah. But in our scene, that didn't really work out too well. No, not at all. I feel we like had a very tight knit. You know, you yeah. know how it is. We our scene was very tight knit. Everyone knew everyone. So if you weren't talking to kids after your set and stuff, like you kind of wasted the whole show, in my opinion. It was almost like there was like a like a blood dark cloud around you. Like if they like yeah. everybody knew, like oh, don't fuck with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so with us, like we always try to make it a point to talk to you guys. 
you know, hang out, even mm-hmm. if it was outside of a show, like do what, you know, do whatever we, you know, did to just be cool and be chill. Cause yeah. we felt that that was important, you know, and even if we like say, if there was like a seditionist headline show and say you guys played or whoever, right. like right. we never wanted to act like we're in the green room or we're, you know, we're separated from all the other local acts. Like, nah, dude, like for us, it was important to just get together and all of us hang out because overall that would make for a really great show. Yeah. Really great show. And, and yeah. going back again to the Grizzly days for you, you guys allowing us the opportunity to kind of showcase that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, you guys, I feel like uh, changed the game in that local scene. And, the and, you know, and I, I literally went like extensive with, with Dan and um, his episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you guys did something pretty fucking special. Thanks, yeah. man. I mean, we're trying, you know, and, and really what's crazy is like, I almost felt like in some ways I was almost like doing charity in a weird way because most of the shows we would not only just break even, we would lose money on almost all of the shows that we did. But I was just kind of like, you know, even if we're losing money, it's like, I don't know, man, I just wanted to do it. Like it was fun yeah. because no one else was hiring the like David Woods, the best sound guy pretty much in the area yeah you know good lighting like good production like i i guess our whole concept was that we wanted to give like local and upcoming artists like that like top of the line experience mm-hmm. so that hopefully even when we stopped doing shows that it helped the scene in some way like it helped um, it rejuvenated it yeah, yeah. It, just, it just gave like people hope to like want to keep going with it for sure because you know? it was it was getting in my opinion the scene was getting a little depressing for a while I re- you know? yeah man it, it was a i just remember like 2010 2011 like all the way up to 13 it was like at its peak mm-hmm. like it was just dope any show packed to the gills and i agree you know in the later years it kind of started dwindling down but yeah once you guys started the production company yeah it almost felt like it rejuvenated it uh the scene and yeah you know the shows would get hella packed you know? And it was cool. And then I would always, and then I'd also see like, uh, you know, other production companies picking up their stuff, like pinup productions mm-hmm. and, uh, pirate entertainment. Like, I feel like around that time there was a lot of really cool people, not just us doing good shows and, and helping out. And, and I, I even saw the resurgence for a while of house shows, which was also really cool. Yeah. Like, I'm personally a huge fan of house shows. Like I think they're almost even in some ways more important than venue shows to me. It's a lot more intimate, man. And I, you know, I was telling him about Aladdin mm-hmm. juniors, like, mm-hmm. you know, when we would play shows at the glass house, but I almost preferred the Aladdin junior shows because dude, it was just a lot more intimate. And then same with yeah. the house shows. I loved yeah. house shows. Cause you would see literally people just right up in your face when we're mm-hmm. performing. And I, I like that energy as opposed to, a big stage which don't get me wrong it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. and you know to say hey we played at this big stage yeah that's cool but i feel like there's a time and a place and it's yes, you know, for correct. everything yeah yeah uh, definitely but with grizzly you guys almost brought it back to like that intimate energy that it needed to be and i feel like right. that rejuvenated uh the scene a little bit you know and unfortunately because of the pandemic like there's nothing going on but you know, I'm really hoping once this is kind of already situated that there's like a big resurgence in shows, and yeah. I, I believe there will be. You know, I, I, in the you know in the reggae community, there's a place called Sea Legs in Huntington mm-hmm. Beach, and right now they're throwing shows, and it's packed to the gills, man. Right. And so I feel like once they get the okay to just start throwing shows, I I I do feel that there might there'll be like a resurgence in that scene. Yeah, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people about, you know, about this subject, about shows coming back and stuff. And maybe I'm just a positive person, but I I really think that a lot of people miss shows. Um, There was a lot of people who were busy with life before the pandemic hit. And I think a lot of those people are now realizing how much they needed shows really Mm -hmm. uh, just as a release, as like this, like community, you know, for, for many things, really. But I think this over a year at this point without any type of concerts or events has really struck a chord with a lot of people and and in my opinion i feel that when shows come back 
they're going to be uh, like how they were when we were growing up. Yeah. They were much more exciting. People were actually like having a good time. There was like this like passion that I stopped seeing for a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. I totally you know agree I mean? with that. I mean, and even look at all the, the festivals that are supposedly coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the lineups that I'm seeing, uh, and you just see the reaction from everybody. It's like, dude, I'm I'm, I'm fucking going. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to yeah. get there. Like, I just saw Riot Fest. I saw that lineup for, for this year. Yeah. Dope as fuck. You yeah. Know? There was just one that I saw where I literally saw it today. Fuck, I should I, I should have got... Uh, the name of it but it's like the, it's a three-day event and the headlines are taking back sunday kill switch engage and i'm fucking losing the last one but it, yeah. but then all you know the bill is just stacked so i agree with you man i think once we get the okay the people who i i, I feel like the people i want to say they took it for granted but they kind of just they lost that they spark. forgot yeah I they think. forgot they really you know? forgot and you know this whole year of just nothing mm-hmm. i i do think there's gonna be like a major major resurgence of just everybody wanting to go to a show. Yeah. Um, but bringing it back to astral media, uh, I guess linking the two Grizzly and astral, mm-hmm. everything that you did with Grizzly, uh, as far as, um, marketing and, and, you know, the strategic planning that you guys did, right. did that help you in any way with astral media as like how to go about with, Yes, your company a hundred percent because it helped me just be more organized in my mind and just know how to uh, how to plan things out, how to create outlines for things, like how to plan for shoots so that less things would go wrong. Um, and I also worked for a production company uh, briefly for about a year called um, Enlightened Creative uh, with the director Ori McGinnis. He's awesome. He's still killing it. Um, but yeah, I learned a lot there as well. So it was in that little period before I went solo and kind of started my own thing where I did develop a lot of business skills and a lot of just like, I I just developed like hands-on experience, which I'm a huge, huge believer in is hands-on experience. I agree. You know, versus like, and again, nothing against college necessarily, but I think if you are relying only on school, and you're not planning on getting hands-on real-life experience, you might feel uh, a little left behind in a lot of ways. Because at the end of the day, whatever it is that you want to do uh, in your life, you have to you have to really like get your hands dirty mm-hmm. and, and just get into it. Because the more that you practice your craft, the more that you'll understand it, and it'll become more like more or less second uh, second nature. You know, yeah. Like for me, when I go on set. I almost just kind of go not on autopilot necessarily, but I, uh, it's kind of just second nature at this point. And I just get, I just turn my brain into the creative setting and I just let it kind of do its thing. Absolutely, man. Um, and I, and I, I just think that, uh, I, I just hope that everyone could, would be able to reach that level as well, because it's really nice, uh, to get to that point where it's, you're just having fun. It doesn't feel like a job. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, man. And I also feel that, with any type of industry it's always changing mm-hmm. you know and so yeah if you're just getting your experience through a school you're missing out on all the other all the other experiences that you yes. would get if you yes. weren't hands-on mm-hmm. um same with with you know myself with music or with podcasting like yeah you know i could go to a school for it i could yeah. go to a music school you right know, and, and be technical but then all you are you know you're kind of just like a robot you know, you don't really, yeah. you don't really know, you don't got that soul or that feel, you know, and that's the same. Right. I'm assuming that's the same for photography. Yeah. Film school can be in some ways a waste of time, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. And the the big thing that no one talks about when it comes to college is that it costs money. Right. Oh, yeah. So I look at it like, for example, when I worked at Enlighten, right, uh, that was essentially a paid internship because I was learning a lot. And okay, I could have gone to film school and paid what I, I believe it, the going rate is now is like 30 to 40 grand a year, right? Wow. So if you went for three or four years, you're already almost 200 grand in debt. Uh, how before much you gear, even get a job. Before you even get a job, right? How much gear could you buy with $200,000? That's all man. I'm saying, you know? So I, I think at that point, I wouldn't <laughs> even know what to get. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I've never had that amount of money, but yeah, the p- point being, you know, um, I do think strategically in a money way too. Um, I, I do believe in saving money. Uh, there's like, for example, a lot of gear that I use is not the, uh, you know, I don't, I don't use a red camera. 
Um, I, I use gear that I know will work for me and it's professional, but it doesn't need to be this, the highest standard, uh, industry standard gear, because at the end of the day, you're the person that has to use it, you know? And, and I, I guess my main point is don't ever let someone make you feel like inferior for not having the most expensive piece of gear, because that, in my opinion, is completely meaningless. Uh, you know, if you, if, if you don't have the tools that you need to create the gear, uh, just go with something that works for your budget. Oh, absolutely. Because I'd rather have something that's cheaper, but you know that it'll work for you and you can afford it than never buy the gear and then you don't have the gear you need. I also you feel know? it's the person that, that that's doing the work, right? Like right, it, it, has totally. to, it has to be the person and, and the skill that they, you know, that they have. Yeah. And knowing how to maximize it, exactly. your gear. And then yeah. it reminds me a lot of like Dan Ramirez. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I know you guys work together a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, and seeing his work, um, for the gear that he has i mean he has really good gear mm -hmm. but you know he's he's maximizing the quality yeah and i i feel like a lot of it is his skill like he's really talented definitely and, um i i just I, I agree it's like the same goes like with me and buying gear, like I don't buy the most expensive shit, you know, but 99% of the time you don't need it. Yeah. For unless sure. you are literally at a level to where it doesn't make sense for you to buy anything, but the best, the very, very best. Yeah. So basically, unless you're James Cameron, which, you know, most of us aren't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so for sure. I just think being able to be realistic with yourself and set a st like set a standard that works but you don't just know that like you do not have to go broke before you even start that's very counterintuitive and yeah shout out to to daniel ramirez man we're, we're actually using the same system fujifilm oh nice Hell yeah. they they make incredible cameras um and you can get basically movie quality video for a thousand dollars yeah which I mean, was even yeah. even two years ago even three years ago that was unheard of yeah and and so yeah. right now uh we'll we'll be picking it back up pretty soon but uh him and i are in the process of uh filming a little short a little short film oh nice and so we did some principal photography you know just kind of get ideas of what shots are going to work because a lot of it's going to be done here right uh and the camera the the quality of the camera and the the stuff that he was showing me was ridiculous man yeah you know and 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 you couldn't do it five years ago oh you absolutely not you know? you know but with the stuff that we have in house like even for myself like i got some mm -hmm. lights right here and, and you mm -hmm. know I, I was talking about it on the last podcast like mm -hmm. uh he, he was basically just giving me information and schooling me and educating me on like, yo, we could use these lights right. for cer you know for certain scenes and and make it to where you can portray as if like there's something going on in the background, but in reality, it's just these two little lights that I mm -hmm. have, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. a lot of it is just kind of using what you have. And yeah, I'm like I call, and I don't even know if this is the right term. But I call it like the gorilla style, where it's just kind yeah. of like it's just budget filmmaking. Yeah, dude, for sure. Straight up, yeah, and which is dope, man. And and you, yeah, you'd be surprised how much you can accomplish with a couple of cheap LED lights and a couple of friends to like move them around mm -hmm. in weird directions and, and you know and and just using zip ties and hanging them. From yeah, and, and I think that's the beauty, especially know. now in this time. Like we're so fortunate that. There's so much equipment out there mm. uh, that you you know that gives you the opportunity to kind of get certain shots or yeah. certain uh, scenery for half the you know half the cost. It's like that yeah. movie movie or film production from like from like the pro quality level, yeah. but at the fraction of the price, which is dope. And, and and that is something that is relatively new. So I can understand why some people do have the misconception that you do need to spend all this money because yeah, like in the last four to five years, maybe you couldn't get an LED light for less than like $600. Mm -hmm. That probably was the truth before because there was only like three or four brands that were really doing it and they're charging top dollar because everything's made of like this really crazy high quality materials, mm -hmm. but you don't need that when you're starting out. For sure. You need gear that's going to break and then you'll replace it in a couple. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you necessarily always had to start at the top notch. Um, so it is really cool that we have all these like third party companies like on Amazon and stuff selling like really affordable 
but actually good gear now. Yeah. Because, you, you know, capitalism has its plus sides and its downsides, but when it comes to gear, uh, compet- competition is actually a really good thing in that way because it, it helps drive down the price of things that used to be thousands of dollars to now just a hundred dollars or, or so. Yeah. And that's definitely been my mindset as of late too. Uh, I know back in the day for me, it was all name brand. Like if I needed to have yeah. this, mm-hmm. although it may not have been the best, but because it's this brand right? where now it's like, yo dude, I can get the, you know, the next big, you know, best thing for half the price. Like, I'm I'd rather go get that, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it's within my budget. Yes, this is this is a name brand and it's been there for a long time. But mm-hmm. dude, if I can do the same thing with this off brand, fuck it, I'm gonna go for the off brand because it's gonna yeah. cost me half the price than if I were to pay for the name brand. Yeah, man. I mean, I just think you know, and, and there are some things like obviously, you know, if you want a computer and you're editing, you probably want a Mac. For sure. You know, if you buy a camera, you're not gonna buy some random ebay camera you're gonna buy a name brand but it's just about making really at the end of the day i guess my advice is just make smart decisions with your money don't blow it on on something you don't need like if it's more of a a want than a need you might you might want to rethink uh your budget you know absolutely um especially if you're starting out look if if you're if if you're successful already and you have a lot of money saved up and you want to just buy something nice hey man you know, that's more power to you. That's awesome. But if you're on a budget and you're starting out, um, you know, save your money because you're going to need that money later on when you want to, uh, you know, invest money in ads for your business and like things that actually do require a lot of money to for accomplish. Sure. For sure. Absolutely. For, on big budgets, you know. Yeah, man. Um, and so with that being said, like, I want to know, man, just because, uh, you know, I'm very curious, like, who are some of your favorite uh and it doesn't have to be like in particular order, but like some of your favorite sessions that you have done, like who, like people and, uh, you know, uh, companies, like what were your favorites? Okay. Um, yeah, let me see. Yeah. That's, uh, it's a broad so question, do, yeah, but I'll, just... I'll just name a couple. So, um, recently I, I, well, I've been working with my, my buddies in Winds of Plague. I've known them forever. Um, I just did their latest music video. It's not out yet, but it should be coming out, uh, within, I don't know, maybe in the next four months, three to four months or so. Um, I'll, I just love working with people that I'm comfortable with mm-hmm. and people that I've worked with in the past. This is one of my favorite things. So it's cool to know those guys since I was basically like same, a little man. kid. Yeah, I was a little all... ass kid going to their shows and, same, and hanging dude. out. I so. just remember seeing them. At, uh, there used to be a venue here in Covina called Smart City Grinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, seeing them yeah. with like a love and suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Me being a little 13 year old. So yeah, cool. so it's cool. It's cool to come full circle with that. Shout out to Michael uh, Montoya, Morgoth Beats. Um, he he's awesome. He plays guitar, wins a plague, and also produces. Um, and I work with him with a lot of his artists as well. Uh, which brings me to the next one. Um, I I worked with his artist um, that he uh, produces and also kind of develops uh, called Lucifina. She's really cool, Stephanie Sampson. Uh, she does kind of like a kind of a blend between like hip-hop metal indie kind of mixes all together but we did a song with uh, a music video with her uh her on vocals we got mike terry from volumes on, oh, on nice. the feature and he yeah. does he does a chorus with her and he killed it he we got him in the video as well and then michael plays guitar and drums in, in the song um so that was just like a fun collaboration and i love doing stuff like that like any music video where we're bringing in multiple musicians and featuring them in the video to me, it's fun because it feels so um, almost like exclusive. That's cool, man. You know, because when it comes out, it's going to capture people's attention because they want to see what this is going to sound like. You know, so th- those guys are all really cool. Um, and, you know, shout out to also the Fragile Hearts. Um, we've done at this point two music videos that I'm both really stoked on. Uh, they're very like uh, they're they kind of have like that falling in reverse, very experimental rock kind of sound. Um, and, uh, we did some pretty creative music videos where we got very, very, uh, just very experimental with the lighting and it. And I, and it's some of my favorite work personally that I'm yeah. very proud of. So, uh, shout out to those guys for kind of just letting me do my thing. Um, I, I think, I think our work came out really sick. That's, so that's pretty sick, man. And yeah. so talk to me about the creative process when it comes to doing a music video. So know you talking about different lighting yeah uh when you're working with 
a client or is it a is it a collaborative experience like are you guys throwing ideas with uh, you know back and forth like or do you is it something that you already kind of have an idea of what you want and you'll like storyboard it uh, the, talk to me about like that yeah. creative process okay. so <clears throat> basically it's actually kind of a big spectrum depending on the artist because um <clears throat> it'll go all from artists literally coming to me with a full-on script and a full-on outline of every single shot list that they already had planned out before they even reached out to me um where i just come and film it and edit it uh and i literally just do it exactly to the t how they want it which is fun i love i like doing that as well all the way until an artist coming to me and wanting me to just take the reins and i will like storyboard everything myself and come up with my own shot list my own color palettes i'll figure out if i want cars in the video if i want actors props all that kind of stuff so my uh creative involvement literally goes from zero percent to a hundred percent just depending on the artist and what they want because some artists have a very specific and uh vision in their mind of what they want to accomplish and with those artists i just kind of let them you know do the handle, thing. handle that uh but some artists i uh i guess you could say see have seen my work um and they are confident in what i can do creatively so they want me they want my version of their song so basically kind of how how i work mentally when i uh creatively will plan out a video i'll listen to the song and i'll try to interpret the music into visuals that's uh, like kind of cool. like what i do in my mind like you your know? little creative process in the yeah yeah because yeah, like whether it's rock or rap or indie or pop or whatever it is I will th listen to each individual instruments, the vocals, the lyrics, and I'll try to literally transcribe almost that sound into a visual. And that that's pretty much how it works. That's interesting, so, man. That's that's really cool. Yeah, so if possible, I like to have the video almost picture completely finished in my mind so I know exactly how it's going to look before we even go on to set. And I would imagine that it's a lot more fulfilling when you have that creative control to just run wild because yeah. uh, you know all the ideas that you had in your head you're literally seeing it come to life yeah. once it's all finished and done so i i can imagine you taking really you know pride in, in that in that process you know there's nothing wrong with someone just telling you hey this is what i want so mm -hmm. stick with this yeah you know because at the end of the day you know that they are a paying client and yeah. you, know, you yeah. got to give them the best quality work for but sure I do, I do believe that, you know, you having that creative control is a lot more fulfilling. Yeah. The projects where I get to get creative and I, and I also like the projects where it's 50, 50, where the artist is also very into like production and things. So they kind of know how lighting works and stuff. So it is nice on those videos as well, where we're bouncing ideas back and forth. So those are also fun projects, but either way, I would definitely say the projects where I'm creatively involved are are my favorite personally because yeah. i i do get that i it, it makes me feel more uh invested into the project Absolutely. for sure yeah because then you know you have your little stamp on it mm -hmm. uh so with you know us starting 2021 and going into 2022 what are some of the goals that you have for yourself um yeah it's kind of like so kind of what i mentioned in the in you know the beginning of the podcast which is um really just kind of like elevating and and taking on more higher level uh videos not just budget level but just on a production level like being able to handle like big sets and things like that and uh you know i i kind of like having pressure on me i'm i'm weird in that way uh but i i definitely looking forward to like certain labels and managers giving me that trust and being able to like really like make a movie for them essentially oh, hell yeah, and having like a whole crew and things like that hell yeah. um because for me i feel like i need to accomplish and i have done some videos like this already but being able to accomplish more videos that are on that level where it's a little bit higher pressure will just kind of like pay off for me because it'll show me that that i can do this yeah and it, it gives them some validation like, it'll validate yeah. it for me in my head and, and i feel like that will give me a lot more confidence in the future Anytime that I'm working with a bigger client to be able to just like go into it completely confident and know that I'll knock it out of the park. Yeah. It's you know? Just getting into that next level. And I, and yeah, I agree with, you know, working under pressure. I feel like you get some of your best work mm -hmm. when you're in that pressure cooker. Same for me as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
that challenge. It's always that challenge. You want that challenge. You want that stress. Yeah. Because that will propel you to that next level. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I'm super stoked uh, to see where that's going to go for you, man. Uh, seeing your yeah, Instagram man. and seeing everything that you've posted, it's 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 good shit, man. Really good Thank shit. Thank you, man. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, brother. You um, know. And with that being said, even when I'm working on big, bigger projects, I do not want to... Uh, stop working with smaller clients because upcoming artists are some of my favorite artists to work with So even if I'm in the future, I'm working with mostly signed label artists, you know, I don't want to just cut off those upcoming artists. Cause those, those, I mean, it's just a lot of fun to be able to see an artist just like when I was booking shows, mm-hmm. seeing an artist like develop over time and become like, like, you know, these powerhouses the, really, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see that man. And there's been, uh, some artists that I've actually been working with now for like almost four years, like most of my video career at this point, and it's cool to see their progression over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to also like develop, continue to develop like really good, uh, you know, really good connections with those people, and and just like be. I would I I love being like someone's go to uh, creative person that they want to go to because that just makes me feel like I'm trusted as a person. That I, I really you know. I enjoy that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you know? it's it's going there, brother. It's going there. Uh, I see everything that you're doing, man, and and I'm super proud. Uh, you know, I'm we're gonna go ahead and wind it down now, but yeah, dude, I just want to say that uh, you know, I'm I'm really blessed and happy that you came into my life. You know what I mean? And, and you're here. You're, yeah. You took the time out of your day of course. to, to come in and do this podcast, brother. You know, we've, we've known each other for, for a long time. Yeah. And you know, yes, you're busy. I'm busy. We don't see each other often, but knowing full well that, yo dog, like you're a homie and we're just trying to fucking do the thing. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and before we, we wrap it up, I'm also very proud of you, man. You're yeah. killing it with focus. Like, that, oh, thank I, you, brother. I've been watching what you've been doing as thank well. You, and I'm, I'm so glad it's just so cool to see homies still making music and stuff. That's oh awesome. man. I don't think I'll ever stop to be yeah. honest with you, bro. And, yeah. uh, you know, with those guys, I'm, I'm really proud of the things that we're doing and mm. you know, we just continue to grind brother. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. So again, uh, thank you, brother. Yeah. Um, appreciate you coming down and we got to do another one. Uh, yeah. And, hit me up. I was down and we got to do some work together too, man. You know, yeah. whatever, whatever it may be, whether it's film or, you know, having you do a video for focus or whatever, but uh, having your quality of work and your stamp into our music, it's, I think it's going to be sick. I love to, man. Looking forward to it. All right, my brother. Thank you, man. All right. For sure, man.